0: This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hi, I'm Grant.
0: And I'm Erica.
1: And this is... From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. I'm Grant. Erica's on the other end. Erica... How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Ah,
1: doing great. I'm really excited to jump into this episode, and I know for you, this one's really near and dear to your heart. Uh, Erica loves Jane Doe cases, so we're going to jump into the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe case. It's a little personal for Erica, and that's why it's one of her favorites. So without any further ado, let's go.
0: Yeah, this one I would say I'm a little bit obsessed with.
1: I would say you're very obsessed with, because we've been working on this one for probably... Two months. This one is, like I said, this one is very, very important to you. Well,
0: I had to make sure you knew every single detail of the case like I do before we did this. Oh, my
1: God. I know everything about this case now. Yeah. Way more than I needed to know.
0: Hey, that's my life mission is to make sure everybody knows about this case because I live in the area where this case took place and I don't hear about it on the news. You don't see it on anniversaries, nothing. And it's like, guys, this is right here. Like, we can do this. We could solve this. And as you as we get into
1: this, you're going to find out that this case was is really actually very important to the Henderson community. So it is a very important case for people to know, because there's some substantial growth that's happened to the
0: police department because of this case. Oh, yeah. Big time surprise things that you wouldn't think a case that almost nobody in this area has heard of, but has had such a good impact on the local law enforcement. Like you said, it's been it's been interesting. So how long ago was this? It was in 1980. Okay. So, and I feel like that's partly the problem with this case is that a lot of people hear 40 years ago and they're just like, eh, we can't solve that. But obviously we can because the DNA Doe project is amazing and everything they're doing with genetic genealogy and all this stuff, everything is solvable. Like just because it was 40 years ago, I think people kind of go, it was 40 years ago. It's like, no, it's, we have this, we can do it. That's why I tell everybody I know to change their Amazon Smile charity to DNA Doe Project, because they solve everything. It doesn't matter if it was 40 years ago or 60 years ago or 20 years ago. They got it. They're like superheroes. So without rambling on too much about the DNA Doe Project and everything we can do, I want to talk about the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe from Henderson, Nevada, And we want to give a little backstory of the facts of the case for those people who haven't heard of it, and Grant will try to keep me under wraps so that I don't just word vomit everything about this case onto everybody at once. I'm going
1: to try, but it's going to be hard.
0: (laughs) But then after we give the facts, then we can dive into some of the theories and all the, like you had mentioned, the positive things that have come from her case. So before we get started, though, it is going to be pretty hard to listen to for the first few minutes because... Her cause of death is extremely disturbing.
1: It is. It is disturbing and it is a little hard to listen to, but it's important and it's definitely imperative to the facts of this case. And at the end of the day, this is from crime to crime. Crimes happen here. So if you're not interested in the blood and the gore, this isn't the place for you.
0: Yeah. Now's the time to go for sure. So Henderson, Nevada is a big suburb of Vegas And it's all kind of one big city now. You don't really know where Henderson stops and Vegas starts. But back in 1980, it was a lot smaller and there was a lot of desert between Vegas and Henderson in this desert area on October 5th, 1980, an off-duty police officer named John Williams and his brother were driving just south of State Route One Forty Six, which is now called Saint Rose Parkway, and the Two Fifteen Freeway, it's like a super busy area of Henderson. It's where the Raiders' practice field is, and
1: so at the time, was it just kind of an old dirt road that they were going down, or it was an actual highway then that they were, you know, traveling down and were supposed to be at?
0: Yeah, it was Lake Mead Drive, and it would take you from the Fifteen Interstate out to Lake Mead and Boulder Dam and Henderson, and so it was a road, but it was in the desert. Right. So just after 9 p.m. at the intersection of Arroyo Grande Wash and Lake Mead Drive, he found the body of a young girl lying face down in what he's called a posed position. But he's never really said what that position is. She was naked. And the only other article found at the scene was a piece of an orangey yellow shower curtain.
1: Which is very interesting because, I mean, at that time, 1980, that's probably a fairly common thing, that orangey yellow thing. That's a that's a very shag carpet kind of look. That's a very very fitting for that time period.
0: Yeah, I would think it would have been pretty common.
1: Right, exactly. So it's not gonna stand out from anywhere typically.
0: And it wasn't necessarily on her body, it was near. So they don't know if it could have just been a random piece of trash blowing in the desert. That's true. But there's other things that cause them to believe that it may have been associated with her and we'll get into that. So, her cause of death is listed as blunt force trauma and stabbing. She was beaten and hit in the back of the head with an instrument, possibly a framing or roofing hammer. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then she was stabbed seven times in the upper back with a two pronged instrument. So,
1: this wasn't an accident. Like, whoever was trying to kill this girl was really trying to kill this girl. This wasn't just, oh, whoops. Yeah. Like, you were aiming to kill her.
0: It was extremely violent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the Doe Network and a lot of other sources say the body appears to have been washed before being dumped at the scene.
1: Which would explain the shower curtain.
0: Yep, it may explain the shower curtain. I'm assuming that they say that because of the lack of blood at the scene. I mean, from her cause of death, you would think it would have been an extremely bloody... Disgusting,
1: yeah. I would think she'd be just covered in blood otherwise. Yeah. And as a police officer, he probably knew that too and went, hey, there's something not right about this.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Her estimated age has been listed between 13 and 25, but on NamUs it's listed as between 17 and 19.
1: Yeah. Looking at these post-mortem photos of her, I don't think there's any way this girl could be as old as 25. Looking at it, she looks like a child, you know, and she, she looks very young. So I don't think she was 25. I think that she was probably closer to 16 to 19 would probably be the age range I would put her at.
0: Yeah, she's very young. She had light brown, dark blonde hair light eyes and was between five foot two and five foot four and 98 to 103 pounds.
1: That's not a very big person. And so it, it's very likely, you know, that someone could have just picked her up and moved her because at between five, two and five, four, 103 pounds at the most. Yeah. Yeah. You're able to, you're able to pick up 103 pounds, especially if you're what a, we obviously assume as a man who probably did this, a grown man could probably pick up 103 pounds and, and move it quite easily. Yeah. I know I could. So,
0: yeah. She had trim nails that were painted silver. She had pierced ears. She was a non-smoker. She had a birthmark on the lower left side of her back and a vaccination scar on her upper right bicep. Hmm. She had a small, crude or homemade tattoo of the letter S or the number 5 on her right forearm, which may have been done shortly before she was found.
1: So... Looking again at that, it could definitely be an S or a five. I lean more towards the five, I think. But I think the biggest thing is that this thing looks like it was done in a hurry. It doesn't look like it was professionally done or very well done. It looks like it was a brand or a marking, Mm -hmm. a prison tattoo, for a lack of a better term for anybody who's familiar with what a prison tattoo looks like.
0: Right. It's definitely a poke and stick tattoo, for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's terrible.
0: Yeah. So she also had quite a bit of dental work done. She had fillings in multiple teeth and something that NamUs has described as a hook and eye ligature that may have been placed there as a spacer for orthodontic work that was never completed.
1: Interesting. So there was definitely somebody caring for her, if not loving her. So it, she's not just somebody who was just up and found. That's, that's really interesting to me that she had that done.
0: Yeah. Well, same thing with the police. They had... In the beginning, what I'm certain they thought was plenty of things that would help them identify her and quickly. I'm sure they thought that, oh, by tomorrow morning, somebody's going to report this girl missing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? In the manner that she was killed, too, you would think that somebody's probably looking for this girl. Yeah. And she might be a runaway or some kind of th- something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, it obviously never happened. So John Williams ended up paying for her funeral and headstone and he's been retired for more than 10 years now. And him and his wife still regularly put flowers on her grave and visit her. And you could tell this case really haunts him.
1: Well, I think it's really important, too, that an ex or a, at the time, a current police officer found her because he knew what to do. He knew not to, not to contaminate the crime scene. It hasn't really helped yet. But on top of it, somebody who really cared too found her and has taken care of her almost like his own child since then. And to me, that's that's a really good thing for for this girl in a nice ending to her life.
0: And I think, too, that him being a police officer, he was kind of the driving force behind not letting this case just fall by the wayside, which it seems to have in the media. But from what we'll get into, the police department has not really ever let this go.
1: That's a really good point, too. I think if a, just a regular old civilian had had stumbled across this, it probably would not have gotten the same attention from the police department that a police officer finding a body would get. I would assume.
0: Yeah. So, we can get into some of the theories about who she might be, if you want to go down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, I love a good,
1: I love a good uh, theory. Let's go. Any yeah. conspiracy theories? Those are my favorite.
0: No. Well, we are close to Area 51, but... Oh. Well, let's dive into that. No, I don't I don't get into that. That's none of my business That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's none of my business. <laughs> so one of the main theories that I've seen a lot and has come up in some of the more recent does that have been identified because of genealogy is that she was a runaway from another state and whether or not she was reported missing by her family, it's never really been followed up on it's
1: really interesting that no one's reported her missing and for the extensive dental work alone that this girl had yeah you would think that there's somebody who, out there who's looking for her but we've and...
0: we've seen that a lot recently in other doe cases where they have they finally identify them and then they go to the family and they're like hey are you missing a kid and they're like yeah we reported her missing in 1976 and the police did nothing because they were like uh-huh. eh she ran away interesting how can you just let that happen
1: How can how could a law enforcement or a family just shrug their shoulders and say, "Eh," but it was a lawless land back in the 70s and the 80s? Not like it is today.
0: That's the other thing is kids used to leave. I mean, I live states away from my mom and I can't go to the grocery store without her tracking me on my phone.
1: Keep in mind, too. I have your location as well. And I'm often checking in to make sure you're where you're.
0: I know I get I get tracked by like eight people a day. It was just a different time back then. Kids used to leave home and their families were just like, oh, hopefully they got married and had babies and lived happily ever after. It's like, you don't call your mom twice a day? It's like it's like fathers who used to go out for cigarettes and never came back. Like, that was a real I thing know. that happened. People would just say, hey, I'm
1: going for cigs. See you later. And just never come back. And again, people just kind of shrugged their shoulders and went, hope they're good. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess they on? just didn't have the technology to stalk each other back then like we do now. But like when you and Christine don't answer the phone, I just look yet
1: or you call our kids to find us
0: yeah that's true too you shouldn't have given them cell phones Well, i didn't want
1: to but they complained a lot
0: yeah so the that's a main theory is that she's a runaway and either she was never reported missing by her family or she was reported missing and back then they were just like eh she's a runaway she'll turn up and the police never did anything
1: what a heartbreaking situation to be in. not only is your family member missing the people who are supposed to help aren't even helping
0: i know it's really sad and there's been thousands of people who are obsessed with this case on the Internet who have tried matching missing people with unidentified, you know, on NamUs and all that stuff. They try to match missing with unidentified people. And there's been a few that have seemed promising in her case, but they've all been ruled out or easily ruled out just based on what she looks like.
1: Well, what about the serial killer theories? Because serial killers were huge during this time. You know, this was the golden age of serial killers. And a lot of them were traveling serial killers too, whether they were truck drivers or riding the rails or whatever the case was. Yeah. Um, What are the thoughts on? Maybe it was, a serial killer who just happened to stumble upon the wrong person at the wrong time.
0: Yeah. I've seen a couple, there was a local serial killer here in Nevada, but he admitted to his killings and his victims and they executed him in 85. And he never admitted to this. He never said he was involved in this at all. And I've also looked into ones like Henry Lee Lucas and Otis tool, Samuel little, even
1: even. Yeah. I was going to say Samuel
0: little too. Yeah. And I can't find anything that, connects any of the serial killers that we know of to this area at that time Samuel Little has confessed to killing women in Vegas but not in the 80s he said in the 90s but you know you never know because when you're killing that many people
1: that's what I was going to say when you you kill so many people I'm sure that at some point as sad as it is to say they start to run together and You know, you probably even forget about one or two of them. I would, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Recently. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what about her family? I mean, their family obviously took really good care of her. I, again, I venture to say that she was loved, but you know, sometimes things happen and in families and do we think or maybe her family was involved in any way?
0: Well, I mean, that would be a huge reason why you wouldn't report somebody missing if you were the one that made them go missing. That's my thought is. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't report somebody missing, especially then, if you didn't want them found. Yeah. Because you knew where they were. They were dead in in the desert. Yeah. And you did it.
0: Which is really sad to think about. It's obviously devastating no matter how this woman died, but it's really sad to think about that it could have been at the hands of somebody who loved her. The biggest rabbit hole theory that you could go down for years, which I spent quite a few years researching, is sex trafficking. Because... As we know, Vegas is the sex trafficking capital of the world and a lot of people have said because of the tattoo on her arm that it feels like a brand maybe from a pimp or a sex trafficking ring, some sort of
1: nefarious situation. The tattoo is the only thing that throws me off. Otherwise, I really do think it's the family being involved, but that tattoo really does speak to sex trafficking or a pimp or somebody who wanted to mark her and have her them know that she was theirs Mm -hmm. but maybe we're looking too much into it maybe it was something stupid that she did on her own
0: well that's what i was going to say too is the coroner and the police department and the agencies that have been investigating this have gone down this tattoo rabbit hole for 40 years and it hasn't identified her so even they're like we need to focus on something else for a little bit i've seen interviews where they're like we got to focus on the dental work or the dna or something else because this tattoo has gotten us nowhere. And it really could have been teenagers do stupid shit. Yeah, oh yeah. It do. really could have been that she just did it herself. Maybe it was her boyfriend's initials or her best friends or I mean, I've never tattooed Anything, myself, really, no. but I know people who've done that and it's dumb. It is dumb, but it it does look like something dumb that
1: happened. So yeah. you know, there's lots of different theories and as far as far as I know tell me if I'm wrong we don't know anybody we don't have any other Jane Doe's or even identified people with the same
0: markings right not that I've been able to find any solid information about there is two other cases one is of a missing girl from a different state who had a tattoo of the letter S on her arm
1: was it as poorly
0: yeah it's yes it was homemade and but it's not her she doesn't look anything like her it's not her I'm pretty sure the tattoo was on the wrong arm okay So there's that. And then there was another, I can't remember if it was a Reddit rabbit hole I was down or a web sleuth rabbit hole, but there was an old newspaper article from here in Vegas that I've never been able to find again after the first time I read it about another unsolved murder of a teenage girl here in Vegas and she had an S tattoo on her arm. Hmm. But she was identified. They knew her name.
1: Was she involved in any kind of sex trafficking or anything like that? She was. Oh, interesting. She
0: was a known sex worker.
1: Very interesting. Have you seen photos of this? Does it look similar?
0: Nope. There's no photos of it. It was one small newspaper article that just gave her name. I've tried to look up her case in Nevada registries of murder victim. Like, I can't find it. I can't even find out if her case was ever solved. I can't find what? anything on her murder. Nothing. Except that one tiny little paragraph news article. And all it said was that she was 17 and she was a known sex worker.
1: It's so interesting. There's yeah. so many pieces to this puzzle that are just so interesting. But what the, what is the Henderson Police Department? What have they done to help
0: identify her? Oh, everything. They've <laughs> done absolutely everything. Over the years, they have done everything they could to identify her. Mike Murphy used to be the coroner of Clark County, and he's given interviews to the local news saying that she's a huge part of the reason that they created the Cold Case Project here.
1: Interesting.
0: He's hinted at it's because John Williams and other officers and him, they're so obsessed with finding out who she is.
1: I don't blame them. 40 years and not knowing who this girl is and... I mean, obviously, John Williams has a affinity for her and a positive affinity. I'm not saying yeah. anything weird. At least I don't think so. I mean, maybe, who knows? You know, no. Who knows? Maybe no. he did. I don't know. But, you no. know, still, he's the sweetest old I, man. <laughs> I would think that you would have to really care about this project. I mean, as a as a police officer stumbling, stumbling across this, I don't know if he has kids or not. I have kids. If I was a police officer, I would want to do everything I could to help identify who this girl was because... Chances are he probably feels like she is part family at this point now, 40 years. And he's still he and his wife are still deeply involved in this.
0: Yep. And Mike Murphy has said, like, this has been the catalyst to push for this cold case project, which now has identified some astronomical number of John and Jane Doe cases in Clark County, which is fantastic. I mean, and so that's kind of
1: the area on this that you want to focus on the positive Maybe this girl served a greater,
0: better purpose in life. You know, maybe she at
1: this point, maybe she's she's part of a greater good.
0: Yeah. But at the time, it was pretty controversial because in 2004, he decided to put postmortem pictures of all of these John and Jane Does on the Internet, which is totally a thing. Now, people look at it all the time on NamUs. But in 2004, it wasn't. It was kind of like people were offended. And when they interviewed Officer John Williams about it, he, he flat out on the news he was quoted as saying, "You got a young kid dumped in the desert. That's more than offensive." <laughs> I would and say I that's was like, very oh. true. Yeah. So they didn't care if people were offended. They were like, "We got to get this solved." You know. I'm
1: glad he 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 said that. You know, he stuck yeah. up and said, "Hey, this is ridiculous that you're being offended by photos." Yeah, I came across a this girl's dead body in the yeah. desert. I'm offended. So. Yeah, I'm pretty offended, so
0: you're fine. I know. That's why Mike Murphy, who was the coroner and now works at NECMEC, he's, like you said, he's been quoted as saying she serves a greater purpose because they've identified over 80 does because of her.
1: What is NECMEC? What, what What does that stand for?
0: Oh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Grant, our listeners know what NECMEC is. You don't have to be weird about that. Well, maybe some of them are new. Yeah, maybe. I uh, maybe if you don't know what NECMEC is, I didn't mean to sound rude. I just I I assume everybody knows what it is.
1: If you don't know what NECMEC is, I'm here to I'm here for you. I'm here I'm your advocate. I'm your ally. <laughs> Erica's not here for you. She's here for the well, the more advanced cases. I'm here for those who are just starting out and learning and want to know more. Please.
0: Continue. It's not that. I'm just so obsessed with this stuff that I feel like a lot of this stuff is just like common language and I Sometimes when I talk to my husband, too, he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget that, like, real people don't understand what I'm talking about.
1: Well, I I will say, too, we kind of touched on this in the opening, but I've known you for many, many years. And I know as soon as you moved to Henderson, you immediately started finding out what crimes had happened in the area, (laughs) what were the big cases. And so, of course, for the last, you know, four or five years, this has been something that's really important to you. So to you, you read Nick Mick and... You were just ready. You already know. You're ready to go. But yeah, you know, that's why you brought me aboard. It's for the oh. people who don't quite understand.
0: Yeah. Thanks for bringing me back down to earth here for a second.
1: That's what I'm here for. So besides was Neck Meck, what else have they done to find out who this girl is?
0: Well, they've exhumed her body like 37 times since 2002.
1: 37 times? Okay. Really, how many was it? And I'll be honest, anytime more than... One is too much, but 37 obviously didn't happen. How many times is it really? Four. Four times they've exhumed her body. Oh my gosh. Th- like, that is that is a lot.
0: Yeah, they've done everything they can. Every time a new style of DNA testing or a new isotope testing or a new anything comes out, they dig her up, run the test, bury her back. To- it's like they've tried everything.
1: One time is probably too much, but they did... Do it way too many times. They did it in 2002, 2003, 2009, and then they took a little break again until 2016. Why are they digging this girl up so many times? Like, what more do they need from her? Like, do
0: it once, grab what you need, and get out, get everything, right? Well, the DNA testing changes. So, what they needed in 2002, now in 2016, is only considered a partial profile. So, in oh, 2016, They exhumed her for the purpose of getting a full genetic profile and to do isotope testing. But when they exhumed her and they opened it up, the casket was full of water. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is not good because the bacteria makes it harder to get a genetic profile. They were eventually successful and the last update was that they sent the DNA to the FBI for analysis and we have literally heard nothing since 2016. The only thing that we've heard since 2016 is now the NCMEC artist create a new artist rendering of what she may have looked like in life, and that's the only update. There's been nothing on the isotope testing or the DNA, nothing.
1: Nothing at all. Nope. They did it. They exhumed her. They, they did what they needed to do, and then that's it. Yeah, five years. There's, even nothing saying, hey, evidence was inconclusive, the body was too wet, nothing at all. Nope.
0: And that's what I'm assuming because they've never talked about the isotope testing since before they did it. So I'm assuming that with maybe the bacteria, maybe the isotope testing wasn't possible because after they exhumed her, they only talked about how they did get a genetic profile. Wow. Okay. So maybe the DNA Doe Project can help. Just another plug. (sighs) But
1: DNA Doe Project, if you're listening, please... uh please take this case and find out what's going on
0: because clearly your help is needed. First of all, they're not listening and trust me, I've emailed them plenty about this case.
1: So, First of all, they should listen because (laughs) you and your mom are the reason they're still in business because of of Amazon Smile. So make sure that everybody goes
0: and attaches DNA Doe Project to their Amazon Smile accounts. I know, I feel like me and my mom are the only ones who do it because it's such a small amount, you know, they give like, you know, a fraction of a percent or whatever. So they don't like, it shows you how much money they get on Amazon Smile, and it's not very much. And I'm like, how is this not very much? Are you guys just shopping on regular Amazon and being weirdos? Like, do Amazon Smile.
1: Yeah, we are. And and I'll, I'll admit, part of that is me. Grant!
0: Um, I know. You don't do worst, Amazon Smile? I don't think about it. Can you set it up on my phone? Oh, my God. No, because we couldn't even do a podcast. I don't know how to set anything up on your phone. We have
1: been struggling to do this, so I understand. That's
0: right. At least we have teenagers to help us now. So, God damn it, Grant, you got to use Amazon well, Smile. It's there's no difference.
1: I know, but I don't think about it. I'll I'll, I'll go I'll go do it right after this. Can we? We'll, should we wrap up, and so I can go add Amazon yeah. Smile to my Amazon? Yeah, okay. because you're
0: being Fine. a mess about it. Anyways, well, so there's been nothing. There's been no updates. There's been. Nothing. And the 40th anniversary just passed and there wasn't even anything on the local news here, which really drives me crazy.
1: It is pretty surprising that the news is even chiming in saying, hey, this happened 40 years ago, because like you said, this is a pretty big deal to the Henderson community. But again, 40 years ago, Henderson wasn't the community that it is now. So maybe most people, because they weren't here, don't care.
0: Yeah, but there's a big thing with the news here they don't report real things it's sad to say but they don't they all they report about is the casinos and the golden knights and the raiders because that's what brings in business you know they don't want to talk about sex trafficking and things like that because it's bad for business which is total bullshit because if you know something is the sex trafficking capital of the world get on it shut it down
1: shut that shit down yeah
0: Get all the FBI agents here and just everybody focus for a minute and end it. <laughs> I think
1: that's a big thing, though, because, I mean, there's so much money to be made that that's why there's a blind eye turn. The Super Bowl is one of the largest, if not the largest, sex trafficked areas in the entire world mm-hmm. during that time.
0: But you don't hear about Super it. The Super Bowl
1: happens every year. You don't hear about it, but the Super Bowl still happens. But there's so, when there's so many people hustling and bustling, getting to and from one thing to another... Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff gets under overlooked, unfortunately.
0: And I understand like you don't want to be bad for business, but how about instead of being like, don't come to Vegas and don't do this and don't do that. How about come to Vegas, get as drunk as you want and walk around, but do it with 18 of your best friends.
1: And this is a PSA for anybody listening who tends to visit Vegas tomorrow or any other day. Vegas is not a safe place. Make sure you take some responsible friends with you to keep you safe because there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. Vegas really is the the sex trafficking capital of the world. Yeah. So if you are a young person in general, probably best if you, you know, take it a little easy while you're there or at least keep your wits about you and knowing what's going on, where your friends are, all that kind of stuff. That's
0: my whole thing is like, I get it. Go to Vegas. Have fun. Let loose. But don't do it alone. Be safe. And I feel like they should be clear about that to tourists and they're not they're just like yeah come here get drunk walk around by yourself it's like no don't do any of that be cool man yeah like you said again bad for business but also if you are going to come to vegas with 18 of your best friends please use the traffic cam app
1: that's right if you're going to go to vegas or really anywhere where you're going to see you're going to stay in a hotel room download the traffic cam app that's t-r-a-f-f-i-c-k C a M traffic cam. What it does is it allows people to take photos of their hotel rooms and it helps police identify those rooms so that if people are posing in sex trafficking websites or however they're, they're transmitted, they're able to get an idea of, Oh, that could be this type of hotel in this city. Which may have helped
0: of- in this case if we had it back in 1980 because of the shower curtain, maybe they could have looked at their database and gone, Oh, orange shower curtains that's this hotel let's go
1: look there that's true we don't know if the orange shower curtain was from a hotel or a private residence but i you
0: would think it would it tends to lean more towards a private residence because i don't think there's any way this attack took place in a hotel
1: it does sound very gruesome and gory and you would think that somebody being bludgeoned to death with a hammer or some kind of blunt force trauma like that would definitely cause attention. Make some noise. Yeah, definitely. But what if she was unconscious before? Maybe she had passed out from drugs or. Well, you then know,
0: you would like, think that whatever maid came in the next day to turn the room over, they'd be like, "Um, I quit." That's a good point. That
1: that would definitely be a hazmat situation, and I'm not thinking, especially in 1980, they're running around with hazmat suits ready to clean up blood and whatever other kind. No, of-
0: like I feel like if a maid walked into that room, they would immediately call nine one one. Like if it was in a hotel room it would it would be such a nightmare. They would have to call nine one one. and then that's true. They would have Good been point. able to link, okay, we got a bloody hotel room and we have a dead person with an orange shower curtain. Like that's what makes me think that the traveling serial killer thing is not very likely either because it feels like somebody who would have had a private residence to be able to do this to her i could I could definitely understand
1: that because there's it seems like there's so much involved that. Most likely, this probably wasn't a one time thing for this person, although though we haven't heard anything similar.
0: Yeah. Well, plus, we've been finding out with all these uh, recently solved cases that people used to say all the time, like, oh, whoever did this, did it a bunch and never doesn't stop until they get caught or they die. But we've been finding out that a lot of these murder victims are one time murders. They find the guy living in the same town he never left. He never he got married, had a family, lived a normal life, but he killed somebody in his 20s. I
1: I can understand that, you know, not that I've ever killed anybody, but you know, things lead to heated arguments and you accidentally kill somebody and you made a huge mistake and you just kind of hope that nobody ever figures it out because they didn't have technology then. Now there's so much technology and fingerprinting and DNA analysis and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot less likely. It still happens, unfortunately, but
0: it's a lot less likely. Yeah. I mean, it's really a shame that the news doesn't talk about it and doesn't say anything. It's just, it's almost like everybody except me and John Williams forgot about this girl.
1: It definitely sounds like that, especially because the 40 year anniversary just happened. Was there anything on the news during, at all, that you saw during the 40 Nothing. year anniversary?
0: I recorded every local news station for the entire day, like every news segment you know every news show that was on for the whole day on the on both of our local news channels and i even picked up a for real newspaper Ooh, archaic yeah and not a word like i can't find anything about the 40th anniversary no interviews with john williams nothing Ugh. it's like and what's really irritating is both of our local news stations here have done segments on her recently 2 to 4 years ago. You know, so you would think like you did this whole segment on her like no follow up on the 40th anniversary like I feel like they yeah, just nothing else. Yeah, I feel like like when they need fillers they do stuff and when they don't need them they're just like forget about that, who cares. Yeah. The Knights have a don't, game this I mean, week, so hard... we don't need extra filling news. It's like Well, it's uh... har- it's
1: hard to it's hard to justify putting this in to be totally honest because there isn't anything new. And you know, unless anybody comes forward to some new information, then I think that would be front page news and everyone would be very
0: interested to know. But as it sits now, there's nothing new to report. about. How? It. How are they going to get anything new if they don't talk about it? If we don't get her face out there, somebody's got to recognize her.
1: That's true. If anybody out there is missing a relative of some sort for the last 40 years or go to our Instagram at from crime to crime take a look. We're going to put her picture up. And if you guys know who she is, please contact the Henderson Police Department. Let them know. Yeah. Or let us know and we'll contact them for you. Either way, if you want to keep it anonymous. That's totally fine. We can help. All right. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything we can for this episode. If you guys have any more information, visit us at our Instagram from crime to crime, or you can send us an email from crime to crime podcast at gmail.com. We'll check that and see uh, what you guys got. Erica, anything else?
0: Yeah. Before Grant cuts me off, if anybody has any information on the Arroyo Grande Jane Doe, please contact the Henderson Police Department at 702-267-5000. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, Erica. I love you. Bye, bub. Love you.